Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hello there. I have been busy planning and dreaming and reaching out to companies for special surprises for the moms that come to Grieving Moms Haven Retreat in October. And I am so excited for this retreat. We're going to be doing healing practices like breath work, meditation, yoga, journaling with prompts, tapping circles, all those kind of things. If you have been struggling with how to feel your emotions and how to deal with the intense waves of emotions coming at you, maybe emotions like despair or hopelessness, wondering how you're supposed to continue to live the rest of your life this way, come join us at this retreat and I'll show you in person how to begin processing and feeling your emotions, especially with the holiday season coming up. This is a good way to fill up your cup before the holidays instead of feeling like you just have to power through and go into survival mode into the holiday season. So I am so excited for this retreat, like I said, and for you amazing women who are already coming to it. You can go get signed up at meganhillica.com retreat and give yourself one of the best gifts you can ever give yourself dedicated time to grieve and process and share, especially if you're very busy at home. And I'm doing something special right now. I'm doing a giveaway for a spot at Groovy Moms Haven Retreat. So this means that you get to join this retreat for free if you win this giveaway. This is a $1,200 giveaway. So you don't want to miss out on it. And how you join in this giveaway is when you join Groovy Moms Haven, which is currently open now to the public, and it only costs $1 for you to join for your first month, you automatically get entered into this giveaway. If you are already part of Gravy Mom's Haven, you will also get entered into the giveaway. And I'll draw the winner on October 1st, and this goes through September 30th. So I am so excited for the mom who gets to come, who will win the giveaway, but also for those of you who want to make sure to save your spot and to sign up right now. So if you want to enter the giveaway to get the free spot at Gravy Mom's Haven Retreat, Come join Grieving Moms Haven at grievingmomshaven.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. Today, I wanted to share some experiences in grief that are very common and normal and hopefully to help you feel less alone in your grief. So number one, uh, feeling like you don't want to live anymore. So this is not being suicidal or having suicidal thoughts, but more wishing that you could just go to sleep and not wake up. If you are having suicidal thoughts, please, please call the national hotline. Um, 988, I think is the right number. Please, please get help. 
My experience with this situation of just not wanting to live anymore was new for me. And it was just very like a weird experience of just like, I don't really care if I live or die. Like I don't even want to try to live. I told someone that if I were to get sick with a life-threatening illness, that I would just let it take me. That I wouldn't even try to fight it. I didn't have the energy to fight it. And I would be happy to die. And they were horrified at my comment. But it was my reality. And I know a reality for many of you listening. Like no matter how hard you try, there's just this part of you that you just don't care to live anymore. And it's like you just don't, it's not necessarily that you want to die, but that you don't really want to live. It's kind of hard to describe. And if you're feeling this way, I want to send you a huge, huge hug. I'm so sorry. It's horrible and difficult and painful. And I know this feeling well. And I also know it's possible to want to live again and to be excited about your future because that's what my reality is now. And I know how hard it is to be in that place. Number two, grief brain. This is absolutely real. This is like kind of how I described it. For me, it felt like my brain was fried and it couldn't function at all. You might forget to pay the bills. You might forget the process of something of something you've done a thousand times. You might forget dates, names, where you parked, where you put your keys, You might put the ice cream in the cupboard and so many other things like that. I can't tell you how many bills I didn't pay on time and how I couldn't think straight for so long. This actually lasted a lot longer than I expected as well. And I'm not sure the number of months I expected to feel like I'm, you know, like before I felt like I'd come out of the fog. But I clearly remember being shocked when at five months, I was still hardly able to function and five months is actually not a long time at all. So I just know that this is a normal thing and it lasts way longer than you think it should in whatever amount of time that is for you. Number three, feeling many emotions at once. I had no idea how many emotions you could feel. When I first felt so many emotions at once, I was very confused. I was like, if I'm sad, how can I be happy? If I'm depressed, how can I be grateful? But as I was trying to figure out what emotion I was feeling, I was asked, what if you could feel both? And this was eye-opening for me to realize that all of what I was feeling was normal and all of what I was feeling was okay. An example of this was that I had a baby four weeks after Aria died it was like deja vu. I, We had two boys and a girl and then Aria died and then we had two boys for a little bit and then again we had two boys and a girl. But many times when I'd look at my baby girl, my heart would explode with joy that I have a little girl again but it was also breaking with pain that Aria was not here anymore. So Allowing yourself to feel and experience and know that all of these emotions are okay. I talk about this all the time. All of your emotions are valid. and It's important to feel them all. And it can be super confusing. Like, what am I even feeling? Know that you can feel things, different emotions at the same time. That's where kind of that, you know, that bitter, sweet um, 
term kind of comes from, I guess. So let's dive into number four. What's completely normal in grief? Trying to figure out what happened or why this happened or why this happened to your child or to you. We could try to find all the reasons, make all the, you know, why, why me? Did I do something wrong? Like what, what was this for? This is an experience I think many of us go through. It doesn't make sense in our brains. It just doesn't compute with us. This isn't supposed to happen. And as mothers, we would do anything to protect our babies and children. And it's just so difficult to understand why this happened. If you are in this place, again, I'm sending you a big hug. Because this desire to know and trying to figure it all out is exhausting and draining. And it really causes a lot more stress for you in your life. But it's something I think that we all need to go through and process through. It can be a layer of grief for many of us. As part of my own need to know, I got all of the police reports and I had my therapist read them to me. I also got the 911 call, which is normally not given out, but I've actually never listened to it because I I never got around to listening to it. I had thought that I was going to, and now I feel like it would be more traumatizing than helpful at this point, and I'm not in that space as much as needing to know and understanding every single detail that happened and did I act in the correct way and did I respond in the best way possible and are my memories serving me right like what I'm remembering is that exactly what happened um all of those kind of thoughts that is not um something I I deal with anymore because I've processed through it fully so I don't think I'll ever listen to it it could change in the future maybe someday I'll get a wild hair that I need to listen to it. But for now, I'm very comfortable not listening to my 911 call. So let's dive into number five. This is um, something I think we can judge ourselves pretty deeply or like feeling like we should or shouldn't. So not wanting to go through their clothes to change their rooms or throw anything away that was theirs. This is completely normal. Um, not wanting to wash their clothes or wash away the life that was theirs. That might be like marks on the wall. This might be, you know, smells, not wanting to use up the last little bit of soap um, that they use, not wanting to say they liked macaroni and cheese, not wanting to use up the last box in the cupboard. All these kind of things that wipe away the living memories of your child, that they were there, that they existed, um, all of these kind of things. And maybe you have stress on you that you should be going through their stuff, that you should finally change their room, but there are no shoulds in grief. There is just what is. And what is, is it your experience? And if you are ever ready to do it, don't you want to do it with love? Instead of like forcing, trying to force yourself, trying to say like, I should be doing this. For me, it just happened over time and in stages. As I process things, then the weight of having all of Aria's every last thing was more heavy for me to keep than it was to let go. For example, um, right after she died, we had all of her pictures, all of the flowers, everything, like everything we were given, like little memorial statues and everything all over our living room and kitchen. And 
as I worked through things and processed things, it felt like all of that stuff that was taking up space just felt more heavy and it was cluttering up my space and my whole entire house didn't need to be this dedication to Aria. So as I began processing and working through, I was slowly able to let go of things or, okay, eventually box up some things that, um, you know, didn't feel like I needed them out all the time or eventually throwing some things away or letting things go. Um, so that's just kind of my my experience. Um, one thing that helped me let go of things, uh, like example, things from her funeral and such was taking a picture of it. Then I would have a picture of it that if I ever wanted to look back at it. But again, letting go of the shoulds and what other people expect of you and to do it in your own time and process if this ever happens to you. Number six, feeling lots of guilt. This might not be something you experience at all, and there's no need to try figure out why you don't feel it if you don't. But many of the moms I work with and talk to experience guilt for some reason. I just want to share a quick story um, with somebody who was just talking about, you know, trying to prevent something from happening because they knew if this happened, they would feel a lot of guilt. And I know we project on a certain situation that this is a you know reason I'll feel guilt. And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens. If your child dies, you might feel guilt over things that surprise you that you might think right now that you, you wouldn't feel guilt over that. But then when you're experiencing it, you feel so much guilt and have so many thoughts about how you could have saved your child or how you should have. And the guilt is so heavy and it will eat you up inside. It really, really will. I have felt so much guilt and it's terrible to feel. It's terrible to wonder how you could have saved your child. To believe that if you only would have acted differently, your baby would still be alive. That it was your fault. Now, I can't tell you to just not feel guilt because I know that won't help. But what I do know is that you loved your child and you would have done anything to save them. And the guilt you feel needs space and time to process. So it's okay to be exactly where you are, feeling the guilt, moving through guilt, allowing it. And what I hope for you is that you can use whatever will help you, maybe mindfulness practices like I teach to help you release and let go of the guilt um, instead of carrying it with you the rest of your life, because the guilt only causes extra suffering in your grief, and it's really unnecessary. I know you might not believe me right now, but it's it's like an extra weight that can be let go of. Number seven is feeling like your life stopped, and everyone else continues to move on with their lives. This is very lonely, can make you feel so very alone. Nobody understands it. Nobody gets it. Nobody else is walking with such a shattered and broken life. It's so hard when everyone else starts living their lives, you know, like seemingly normal and you can't. Your life will never be normal again. Your life will never be the same. And watching everyone else just going along with their families intact, it's just painful. And so this is a very 
normal experience inside of grief and just feeling like, how are you supposed to keep going? How are you supposed to live a normal? Because there's no normal anymore for you. It's a, it's shattered. It's broken. Normal's gone. And so it's kind of a process of you learning how to live in your new normal. Number eight, having a hard time celebrating others' joy and the things going on in their life. This can be so challenging because your loved ones in your lives might not understand why it's so hard for you to come to a baby shower or go to a wedding or to a graduation party. These milestones and celebrations that support others' joy and things happening in their lives can contrast so much with your grief and pain. It can feel impossible to go there. And it might be a reminder of like your baby died and now you're going to a baby shower or your child died and they're not getting married. Um, Or maybe they just had a graduation party and now it's hard to go to other graduation parties. Whatever it is for you, it's just such a contrast and it can be so hard to go. There is a phrase that I'm happy for you, but I'm sad for me. And when you're grieving, the sadness, that's like all you can see. There is a huge, huge hole in your life. And there's just not always room to celebrate others. If you are in this space, please give yourself grace. Do the best you can to explain to the person why you can't come. But also take care of yourself. Sometimes there are just not enough explanations that can make others understand who just don't understand. Not being able to go doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a grieving human whose energy is being taken up by grief at the moment. And this doesn't mean you can't go forever. It means you can't go right now. And that's just kind of the the work with grief is right now you have to take care of yourself. So let's dive into number nine. This is feeling absolutely exhausted. So, so tired. You're surviving every moment, just trying to get through the next moment. Grief is absolutely exhausting and draining, and it takes everything and then some out of you. This was the absolute tiredest I've ever been when I was in deep grief. Processing, feeling, being in emotions is so draining. So be gentle and kind with yourself as you are grieving, allowing yourself to rest when you need to, even when you don't think you need to, giving yourself that space to let go of things that are not really needed. So for an example, I did not help others for a long time. I am normally somebody who will watch people's kids. I do, you know, um, duties at my church. I had different roles I would do helping other people. I could not do that for a long time. I let go of everything that was not specifically related to me, my family, and my kids, and my husband. I could not do anything else. So I want you to think about the things that you think you should be doing and question and ask if it's really necessary or if you just think you have to do it. Protect your energy because it's very limited when you are grieving. If you can imagine like a gas tank, your tank of energy is below empty most of the time. Fill it up as best as you can by taking care of yourself and your grief. 
And finally, number 10, having many secondary losses. So not only have you said goodbye to your child, but you might be experiencing losses that are outside of that, that are related to it, but not specifically the loss of your child. These are called secondary losses. These could include the loss of your health, loss of your relationships, loss of your faith, loss of your future, loss of joy, loss of your job, loss of your marriage, loss of who you are, loss of your mental and physical health, and the list could go on and on and on. Not only are you trying to navigate the challenges of the death of your child, but also all of the layers that come with it. And as I always tell the moms I work with, each layer of grief is your own. Like we might all experience similar things, but you have your own specific layers related to, you know, your relationship with your child, how old they were, how they died, um, all of the things like so many layers that are your specific layers. So there you have it. These are 10 things that are completely normal in grief. This is not an exhaustive list. And so maybe I'll have to make another one later. But these are just some things that are completely normal. And so I hope by hearing these things, you begin to feel a little bit less alone in your grief. While what you are experiencing is very personal and deep to you, and no one can quite understand your grief because it's your own. Many of us experience many of the same things and being in community with others who are walking a similar path can be so life-changing because it takes away that wondering, like if you're doing it wrong or if you're broken, you are not. You are a grieving mother experiencing grief, which is a completely normal and natural response to loss. Your baby died of course you feel this way. I'm holding you in my heart always. Until next week, take care. If you like this podcast and have found it helpful, I want to invite you to come check out Grieving Moms Haven. This is my monthly community for grieving moms where you can learn positive coping mechanisms, find a safe space with others who understand, and learn lifelong skills that support you as you learn how to carry this weight of grief in your life. There are group coaching calls where we do guided meditations, tapping meditations, breath work, and just talk, knowing that everyone in the group is also walking the path of child loss. You can come check out Grieving Moms Haven at www.grievingmomshaven.com.